So we've just come down down the main street and we're just we're just before you cross the River Inny to go towards Monagar, there's a little left uh, to where two old mills that have been changed into housing and apartments and then we're just going to go down to the riverside here. Longford has a rich, sometimes overlooked literary heritage. Oliver Goldsmith set a world of drama, character and poetry in these landscapes. Contemporary voices like Noel Monaghan, Belinda McKeown and John Connell continue that tradition. And now, writing brilliantly out of this place, from his new home in Berlin, is Adrian Duncan, author of novels like The Geometer Lobachevsky and A Sabbatical in Leipzig. We meet in his hometown of Ballymahan. It's a lovely town, that this yeah. main street is a kind of classic clan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Old market town, yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, our claim, of course, is that it's the widest street in Ireland, like many others. <laughs> like many others. Uh, most they, would say yes. the same, but obviously they're all wrong and we're right. <laughs> and <laughs> no, and no one yeah. has ever thought to actually take out a measuring tape and just solve this. You know? Adrian is a structural engineer by training, and he's also written about the bungalow bliss phenomenon of the 1970s in Ireland. Obviously, this, these landscapes still mean an awful lot to you. People have talked about that international aspect of your writing and the novel set in Berlin, mm, Bilbao mm. and Leipzig and here and there. But, mm. but there's this grid line of connection yeah. back to here, isn't yeah, there? Back yeah. to Ballymahan and to the, the landscapes around it. Ballymahan and Lanesburg, the two sort of uh, force points or whatever. And then the line between them, it goes through bogs. And those bogs are full of images and meaning for me that I don't kind of understand. And that when I'm writing, that's what I'm doing. I'm going back to this place I don't understand but I feel energy off it all the time. So let's say, for instance, you know, like a sabbatical in Leipzig, there's a lot of talk of a man with, a, with a, four other men leaning on their slains with bogland behind them. And that's a huge thing that goes on through the book and it's repeated and returned to. So that's essentially like me rehearsing the bog stuff that I would have seen with my grandmother, which was hand-turned domestic bog stuff. But then the other side of the road, that was all industrialised bog when I was young and it was being harvested for the power station at the distance. So that's, that's what I'm returning with the writing. But then that image that I wrote about in a spatter in Leipzig with these four men and the bog landing behind, at the start of the Jomara Lobachevsky, that image reappears, but you go over the shoulders of the men into the land. And then that's where that thing begins. That's where that book begins in that landscape that's a swamp. And then if you bring a, a man from uh, Russia into it, um, and I know what that feeling of being an outsider, but it's inverted. I'm in Germany and I'm outside. But what would that look like to a Russian in the 50s? I was interested in how can I go into the lower levels of being a human uh, that we all share and we and all how, have... how he sees the physical world yeah, too. exactly, yeah. What does it mean to come back now, Adrian, from Berlin to here? Um, does it still feel like coming home in a way? Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely, yeah. I mean, I still feel completely at home and probably most comfortable here to be perfectly honest you know like even just coming into Ballyman just chit-chatting for a while is like it's lovely and you realise that that part of language when you're kind of saying nothing but saying a lot I do miss that you know the sort of uselessness of it you know but the ease in a way ease of what, and the ease what's of it, unsaid yeah. and doesn't need to be said yeah, it's understood and doesn't and need to be said yeah like when I'm in Berlin there's, there's, the communication is there's obviously some sort of point to it you know like where you're trying to get something repaired or whatever um, or you're trying to order a drink or whatever it is. But like the thing of just like standing around and chit-chatting, I do miss that because the language of that is it's just it's very enjoyable. You don't really think about it if, when you're living here. 
and I realized actually just across the way from the river, the other side of the bridge there one day I came down here and I was decided to I brought my diary in I, I write a diary every day it's just it's nothing it's just like what happened you know and uh, this lady came over and <laughs> we t- chatted for about 20 minutes and I realized that part of this chit chat is just pure nosiness as well <laughs> like who are you and um, what are you doing here and what are you writing that and book what, and what's, what's going on here you know and that's kind of very very nice as well I can imagine that over a period of time it could become a bit annoying but uh, at that time I was like you're just sort of thrilled to be even asked what you're doing and why you're here you know I think you had uh, friends maybe from uh, north or south Leitrim ribbing you about North Longford <laughs> and coming up with a few classic lines yeah, yeah. we were driving around one of those parts of North Longford that you can't decide whether it's bleak or beautiful one of the lads says, uh, yeah, North Longford, it's a, it's a lot like North Korea, but more conservative. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I think there's a few fellas from North Longford with us, but they, they didn't take any offence. They uh, found yeah. it very all funny. In, you couldn't not. Good could spirits, not, yeah, yeah. It's not like us from South Longford are altogether more sophisticated than those from North Longford either, you know. But uh, we'd like yeah. to, of course, think we are. Yeah. <laughs> About a mile outside of Ballymahon in South County Longford. Across the road from us was a large farmhouse owned by a farmer whose cousin, also a farmer, sold my parents the plot for their home, which they began to build themselves in 1977 or so. There's a photo of me as a newborn sitting on my young mother's lap, while in the background glows the concrete of our sitting room floor, it yet to be carpet tiled. To the right and left of our house appeared homes that came from the Bungalow Bliss Book of House Designs. These neighbouring houses were lived in by young families with whom we became good friends. These structures were all single storey, about 15 to 20 metres across and 10 metres deep. Each had a pitched roof of dark brown tiles. I would say each neighbour had between a half and three and a quarters of an acre of land. To the rear there was open farmland and this was where we would go to adventure. All of these houses had large horizontal windows on the front facade. The predominant window size was based on off-the-shelf concrete lintels and sills, made in large quantities by concrete companies that had begun as family affairs but grew with demand. During this period, there were more or less four standard window frames, and these were advertised in later editions of Bungalow Bliss. It became a one-stop shop for information on how to build a house. Bungalow Bliss itself was first published in 1971 by a Jack Fitzsimons of Kells, County Meath. It was a book of house designs that buyers could use to build a home for themselves affordably. Over its 30-year lifetime, it sold a quarter of a million copies and produced a new vernacular in Irish housing, replacing much of the previous housing stock of one- or two-roomed cottages. Some saw these new houses as an architectural blight on the landscape, Others saw them as an important option for people hoping to dwell in Ireland. As our family grew, my parents added extensions to the original bungalow. In the newer part of the home, there is a framed aerial photograph of the house taken in the early 90s. Last year, I found myself looking at this photograph for some time. In it sits the bungalow, my father's engineering office, to the front of which lies a mound of turf delivered there by my uncle, 
From front to back across our site span two electrical wires drooping from between two timber poles. The more I looked at this photograph, the more I realized that these things and spaces are the objects of a fascination that has sustained me for over a decade now as an artist and a writer. Home, in this case then, becomes a place where my fascinations most reverberate.